and welcome to uh, the fourth episode of You Haven't Seen That. Um, my name is Eric, and I'm joined with my co-host, Chris. Hey, everybody. And um, in this podcast, as you probably know, we go through films that uh, I missed out um, on during my childhood, in the late 80s, early 90s, really. Um, tonight's film is a bit of an outlier, in a way. Yeah, it, it's one of the handful of films um it, i was thinking about this today actually like there are a couple we have initially that are from the 70s but i think the deeper we get into this podcast we might start adding a few more mm. but yeah i think it's one of the maybe two or maybe three films from the 1970s that is snuck into this list yeah i think so there's there's just a couple of those sort of key ones um and i'll, I'll remove the suspense this this film will be rocky rocky you believe that America is the land of opportunity? Yeah. He's the man who never had a chance until now. Rocky. His whole life was a million to one shot. His name is Sylvester Stallone, but you will always remember him as Rocky. Yeah, John G. Alveson's 1976 film, written by and starring Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, and it's on the list because it's just one of those films and franchises, really, that is just so well-known in popular culture. Um, I think I mentioned in the last podcast, Eye of the Tiger, not in this film. No! Um, <laughs> it, uh, though it's such misconception. a misconception. Exactly. <laughs> uh, it's such a well-known tune, obviously. Um, and, um, and the character and... I have a vague idea about the storyline. Um, I don't know. Do we talk about that now? What I'm expecting? From yeah, this yeah. Film? I think my, that'd be that would work. My, well. my perception yeah. as someone who hasn't seen it is, um, as a kid growing up, I always figured Rocky was going to be the winner. But from my knowledge, and I guess I'll find out in the next little while, is that Rocky goes in and sort of goes from the rags to riches, but never win. Doesn't win or the key fight or whatever. Mm. Um, that's that's I believe what what, what I'm looking looking towards but as a kid uh, Rocky was the boxer and he was sort of an inspirational figure standing on top of the stairs with his fist in the air yeah so you, you kind of viewed it like the cursory understanding as a kid like it's, it's one of those underdog stories where it's this yeah. guy coming up and yeah but, yeah, yeah it, it's, it's not quite that or at least this one isn't um, it's kind of interesting like you mentioned the like running up the top of the stairs and the fist in the air mm. and stuff um, that's how much this film has actually seeped into American culture and just, I think, worldwide pop culture. Um, it's such an iconic image and also, to the extent of those steps in Philadelphia, there is a bronze statue of Rocky really? now. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> like, it has become a massive thing. Yeah. Uh, understandably so. It's a, it's a great movie. But it, it's... It's an interesting one because it has six sequels. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I think in itself that's pretty impressive. I mean, there's lots of other movies with six or more sequels that aren't any good, so I don't know what that... Says. This is one of them, <laughs> yeah. in my opinion. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, it's, it's an interesting one because I think Rocky seeped into the pop culture because it just constantly there were Rocky films. And, you know, from I think probably Rocky 3 on till about... Creed to uh, was that a year ago, two uh, years ago, yeah, one or two years ago, yeah. Um, up until then, I think from number three, like Rocky Two is not bad, yep. Um, but 
all the others are just the stereotypical cheesy 80s sequels. They are yeah. not great. Yeah. Um, that being said, all of them are on the list because <laughs> we have to eventually get... Cause yeah. There's some magical... A robot comes in at one point. Great. <laughs> like, <laughs> Dolph Lundgren. Yes, of course. Mr. Yeah. T, yeah. Um, Hulk Hogan. There's craziness happens in yeah, this Yeah, maybe we'll just do another episode that's two through six or yeah, something like that. I, I'd be okay day. with that. <laughs> but it, it, it's an interesting series because it kind of got cheaper and cheesier and more ridiculous and over the top the further it went. And I think that's a lot of people's perceptions of the original Rocky. But I think what you'll end up, your, your opinion after seeing it tonight, it is not that type of film. It's, it's interesting. A, it's a very interesting, wonderful I kind of don't want to say anymore. Yeah, yeah, because, like, yeah. I mean, that's it. I don't know what to expect, really. Like, I guess I expect it to be cheesy. I don't think I expect it to be Top Gun level of cheesy. Mm, which um, is what the sequels kind of end up being. Yeah, okay. And I think I don't quite expect it to be that level. I figure the first one's got to have something a bit more to it. But, um, yeah, I'll be intrigued. I, I'm not expecting something amazing. So if it, it does turn out to be pretty damn good, well been missing a good film for a while um, and by the look on your face maybe I have been it's, it's, so, not, bad. Um, it's not bad yeah I'm, I'm quite intrigued because yes the pop culture side of things like I said I have the tiger that's in third or fourth third third yeah yep. which sounds like already the film's starting to that was the, the, the descent um, <laughs> a little bit yeah a little bit but um, yes culture pop culture in America in particular and if there's a statue then <laughs> it's, it's, it's a pretty good job yeah so I guess on that note, should we should we watch the movie? Yeah, let's get stuck into it. Having just watched Rocky, me for the, I don't know, maybe 10th time or something, oh. you for the first. Me for number one. Yeah. Um, what What did you think? I'm, I'm guessing not what you expected. Not what I expected at all. Um, <laughs> I, I, like I said beforehand, I was expecting something more along the lines of, probably from what you've described to me, Rocky 5. Yeah. Um, a just... bit, bit of a cheesier, more cliche, just... Boxing story. Yeah, action, like, guy gonna train and gonna take down the champ. And it's gonna be a montage, and he's gonna go from, you know, underdog to winner or or just slight loser or something. Um, And instead, you get an actually really amazing, legitimate, mid-70s American independent film. Yeah, it's a character study. Like, boxing is just, like, what they rotate around. Yeah, um, I actually made note of it. Um, So, like, obviously, the... What you when you bring up Rocky, the most kind of discussed thing is, hey, he's an underdog who gets a shot at the mm. heavyweight champ, and it's you know, he, can he go the distance? Yeah. The idea of the fight of Apollo Creed he's fighting so Rocky starts. <laughs> that the idea gets proposed at minute thirty. This is the land of opportunity, right? So Apollo Creed on January first gives a local underdog fighter an opportunity. It gets followed yeah. through on where they actually approach Rocky. <laughs> at 53 minutes. Would you be interested in fighting Apollo Creed for the World Heavyweight Championship? Yeah, yeah, there was a... Yep, about okay. halfway through the film, and then the actual fight itself, 
happens at an hour 40 with 12 minutes left in the movie. Yeah, I was going to say, the 10-minute fight scene. Yeah, that's it. And then it's ended. Yeah, wow. It's not actually really a boxing film. Um, I... I I, re, I kind of rediscovered this a couple of years ago. Like it's one that I'd seen a bunch early when I was younger, mm. but it kind of in the last couple of years, like I think it was kind of right before Creed came out. Actually, yep. Um, I kind of went back and rediscovered it and was like, "Holy crap! This is a really amazing little movie that I just had forgotten about." And uh, a friend of ours, Toby, as well. Like he at the yep. same time was watching it, and we kind of went back and forth discussing it, just thinking this. We kind of came to the conclusion, like, this is, it's more, it's less a sports film and more actually a love story between two developmentally challenged people. Yeah, two out of place, um, non, um, uh, slightly different members of society. Yeah, what I meant by, like, the development, like, they're very stunted in the... the in their own little ways, yeah. in not major ways, yeah, you're right, like, Rocky is obviously relatively simple person, he's a really lovely, simple person, um, mm. and he knows that, like, when, when... Adrian is his girlfriend, um, ultimate girlfriend, asked him why he boxed and they're talking about it. He's like, I was just kind of too dumb to do anything else. You've got to be dumb to fight. What was it? I can't, I can't dance and I can't sing. Yeah. That's his line. So he's just like, yeah, I box. Yeah. And he just does it because it's something he's, he's all right at. Mm. Um, and like he's, even with his like enforcing work that he does for the local criminal, I guess. Yeah, the local mob boss. Yeah, even, even that, like he chooses not to break the guy's thumbs. Yeah. He just... Figures, that, you know. I figure, look, I figure if I break the guy's thumb, he gets laid off, right? He can't make. Yeah, well, don't money, figure. Let me do the figure, okay, Rock? From here on, just let me do the figure. That's a really <laughs> important and interesting scene, I think, because it's it's early on. You know, our first, the opening of the film is an amateur boxing match, and you see mm. Rocky like being this kind of guy who's getting beat up a bit, and then all of a sudden, brutal, and just knocks the guy out, and then you're like, oh, who is this kind? Who is this character? And then the next time you see him, he's, you know, an enforcer going to... He's collect, collecting he's money from... He's a debt collector. Yeah. Yeah. And, but he shows compassion, and he doesn't injure or beat up on people unless... He's, he's a nice guy. Yeah, he's, he's there, and he, he gets the job done, but he's not like some others you might see in films where they, they'll break the thumbs first, and then they'll ask yeah. for the money. Especially um, in the, the sort of crime films, like, or not necessarily crime films, but films that depicted organised crime in this kind hmm. of... That um, sort of sense. Lower socioeconomic kind of atmosphere. It, it was brutal characters in the 70s. You you know, you had all yeah. the... You just think, throw a dart at any Al Pacino film of that time. Or, yes. You know, I mean, a lot of the early Scorsese films as well. Yep. Like, it was a violent kind of time. But th- yep. they chose to present Rocky as a character who, despite being in this... In, in that this, world. That line of work. <laughs> and in that world as well, yep. he's just chooses to, I guess, morally rise above it or not feel that he needs to go down that road. Because he's not interested in it in no. the slightest. And that's what matches with his character throughout the film. And early on, the first little bit, I wasn't really sure what to expect. Because, yeah, you see him in the boxing match and you see him say, oh, I want to fight again. Um, and then he goes home, he drinks some drinks some spirits on the way home and things like that. And then... Um, but then also, like, on the next day, he's, he's already, like, waving at puppies through the window, and he gets home and feeds his turtles after his boxing match. Yeah, and he's just chatting with his turtles. Yeah. Cuff and Link. Yep. <laughs> Cuff and Link. The best. I love Cuff and Link. Best turtle names. And then he gets his... The, the pet fish. What's the fish called? Moby Dick. Moby Dick. His little goldfish in a separate bowl. He gets him down from a separate shelf to be near the turtles so they can spend some time together. Yeah. Hey, girl, say hi. He's so lovely. And you're like, 
that was unexpected. You're um, like, who, okay. are, who are you as yeah, a character? I, yeah, so I was a bit puzzled. And then it just develops like he, he's just a gentle soul. He likes animals. He, um, he just talks about his thoughts and feelings. He kind of just rambles them off. I, I was saying to you during the film that he reminded me of Rick Moranis from Ghostbusters. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which you're kind of spot on. He's very Lewis Tully. I taped 20-minute workout on my machine and played it back at high speed, so it only took 10 minutes. I got a great workout. Good. You want to come in for a mineral water? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm very spot on with that. Yeah, just the way he just kind of kept talking and moving from like one topic to another. And very stuff. friendly. Wants yep. to be nice and friendly with everyone. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's sort of unlike any portrayal of a character. I'll rephrase it. It's kind of like any other performance Stallone has really ever done, or what he's more known for, I guess. Mm, yeah. Um, it, it's kind of the bummer. Like when this, ca- like, that's probably a bit harsh to say, but when this first came out, he was. It was like, oh wow, we have a new great American actor. He's been compared to Nicholson, De Niro, and Brando. But he is Rocky. It's a really measured performance. It's it's a really like dare I say subtle to some yeah. degree. Like it's it's a great characterization. It's got really good nuances, particularly yeah. Having I haven't seen him in many other recent things, um, but the bits I have seen, he's almost a big walking cliche of himself. Yeah, in a way, and that that's the image I know, and that's maybe why I was expecting that from the film. Yeah, he he went on to become. Stallone, like starring in yeah, which is fine. He, he went the road of the action, the commercial yeah. action, and he's star. he's done very well for himself. It's just fascinating to see to go back to this, yeah, and go, wow, yeah, right. The, the that other, was different. The other one I I do really enjoy his performance in First Blood, the the first Rambo film. I think he yeah, that's sort of an early on one that I think he as well delivers a really solid performance in yeah. less less than the action kind of stuff. Yeah, but. before it, the other starters. The body count started rising. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, and it's it's kind of interesting. It, it, the character itself did sort of become a bit of a caricature, as yeah, as, the, like as the Rocky films themselves did. The further along mm. they went, but yeah, it, it's it, a very solid base. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, you're right. That was um, not what I expected at all. Um, it was a, it was a character study film about a character who just happened to box. Yeah, it wasn't his like. Life's passion, like um, what was the I forget the coach's name. The, the, Mick. Mick, that's right. Uh, he was when he's brutally honest to Rocky. He's like, you know, you could have been something, but you never tried. Yeah, y- yeah. Um, Instead, you just end up being a bruiser for this lone shark. Mm. And, yeah. And Rocky was never really he liked boxing, but it wasn't his life. No. Um, that's what you, you, you get, get the from sense it. of like uh, to some degree. Like with having the mattress up against the wall in his apartment and the poster to Rocky Marciano, you, you get the sense that he, he does it, it. It has become a p- big part of his life because it's it's a constant almost. Yeah, it's it's something that's exactly right. A constant is a very good way of putting it. It's something he did from a very young age and something he's naturally good at. So, um, and he goes on about how because he's a southpaw, a left-hander, um, people didn't want to fight him, and that actually hampered his career a little bit. Or he was treated a bit differently, and he didn't like to be treated differently anyway, and it wasn't that important to him. Um, and the fight, weirdest concept ever, which I guess we'll talk about in a second, but yeah. that when that is presented to him, it's just a chance to... He doesn't want to win. I mean, he kind of does I mean, originally. At, at the beginning, he doesn't even want to do it. No, he's like, well, that's just no. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and he almost doesn't like the attention that comes with it, but once he gets near the fight, he's like, I just want to make it to the end. Yeah. And he doesn't... Yeah, and even... 
And and he also being a the kind of compassionate character he is, it's almost as if he takes the opportunity for the fight so that he can not necessarily better himself and his own station in life, but better better the lives of the people that are around him. Yeah, that's that's what he kind of takes his time to do, which is yeah, because so many scenes, every scene around him is shown him and his pretty pathetic friends like Paulie. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into Paul. We'll get into yeah. Paul. Um, and, and just like this, the, obviously the the social class he sits in is extremely low. And mm. Apollo isn't, you know, he's not a, meant to be like a sign of the upper class, so to speak. But he's the sign of the glamorous. Um, he's putting on a show. He's yes. not putting on a fight. Apollo, uh, sorry, um, Rocky fights. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what I think Apollo's tra- uh, trainer says to him after the fir- end of the first round is. This guy didn't come here for a show. He came for a fight. Yes, and yeah. Apollo was just ready to put on a show and beat him automatically. Yeah. Um, so it's Rocky's chance to show that the, the maybe the ignored peoples, I guess, um, the outsiders, the, the the oddballs like him and Adrian and, and Paulie, <laughs> um, you know, they they're no different, I guess. And um, that they should, you know, be given a shot and a yeah, like, and when yeah. a shot is there, they can take it. Which is why I think the film resonates so well with people, is because it, it's it's an underdog story, not in the traditional sense that you think of when you think of a sports underdog story. It's, it's no. just a true underdog story about shining a light on these kind of, you know, yeah. interesting underdog characters. And, and I, th- I think it helps that Apollo's not overly flashy either. No, and he's not in the film that much. No. It's, it's not about him and it's not really using that as a contrast. He's just he's just there to be fought. Um, he, he's just there as a professional whose planned opponent got injured or... Uh, backed out. Backed out. And they couldn't find a replacement so he came up with a promotional idea just because they had the time and, and ring, arena and everything booked already. Yeah. Um, and they figure we've sold this X amount of tickets and ad sale, we should just come up with a gimmick. Then. Yeah, let's do something. Yeah. Um, and it, his idea is it's to, you know, America's land of opportunity. <laughs> it almost comes back to bite him. Um, but Apollo isn't that, like, um, that 80s villain with, like, slick back no. hair and an evil grin and he's always heckling. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of showboating um, in certain parts. Or a lot of maybe not treating Rocky for what he's worth, but he's not a hateable villain in any way. He's not meant to be there in that way. I don't think it's necessarily treating Rocky with the kind of lack of, not necessarily respect, but like, you know, the... Uh, his competition, I mean. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah it's more the event itself, and mm. he's just viewing it as, you know... He's just putting on a show. He he doesn't actually care. Or he's the world champion. He's never lost before. He's going to knock out this amateur. He's never in three even been rounds. knocked down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's going to knock out the challenger in three rounds. Yeah. So, uh, so he's just thinking like this is just I'm here to get a paycheck. So I'm just going to ham it up. At versus, yeah. You know, actually taking it seriously. Yeah, and in that process, he's he's not he's not there to be. He's so far above Rocky in a way that they didn't need him to be a villain, that, or not a villain, but an opponent that you hate. Yeah. So that... that that's, ha- in, that's an incident. That would, if that was a thing, you'd be like, well, this it, is just something else that's unnecessary. It didn't need to be there, exactly, because no. um, Rocky and stuff was a focus, and yeah. he's who he was. Hmm. Um, do we want to dissect some of the other characters, possibly? Yeah, like, I think it's, it's such a strong character, one that I think we yeah. have to go to... Oh, yes, we'll go to Adrian next. Yeah, yeah. It's an interesting one. Like it's you know, it's she's very much not your typical romance. No, not at all. <laughs> Romantic kind of lead. Um, yeah, she. 
her perform Talia Shire's performance is so good. I think it's a yeah, it's a really interesting one. It's not an easy role to perform. She does so much with so little, and mm. and I'm not saying that in terms of like her dialogue or her screen time or anything, but like just her actual physicality. She does. She stays small. Yeah. Yeah, she stays narrow the whole time until. The end, really. Yes, when she pushes through a crowd and raises her voice. Yes, and then like, and it's almost like that's the reflection of she's seen, you know, he did Rocky that. is an inspiration, and to he be was able... doing that for her. I think yes. as much, and even though he never really said it. No, um, but like, if you, like when the fight ends, he the first thing he's doing is screaming for her. So. Yeah, and at the end of the fight, even when they're announcing the judges tally and that Apollo wins, it's not even. It's not you meant- hear it vaguely, yeah, and, and you, you see Apollo throw his hands up. It's like, no, that's, that's yeah. not what's important. Yeah. What you, is important is these two yes. characters. You, you, as an audience, we want to know who won. Mm. But what's most important is that it was never about... The, you know, the character's journey was never about winning. Yeah. Um, and that, yeah, Adrian's evolution to that point reflects that really well. And I really like the scene where they went ice skating. Yes. Um, so in that scene... They manage to get on the ice for 10 minutes on Thanksgiving because it's closed. Um, he bribes the rink cleaner or, or whatever, the rink polisher. Who is such a jerk. He's countdown clocking them from the sidelines. Um, and she puts on skates, but Rocky doesn't. He says, oh, bad ankles from boxing. I, I, I. So he's just like walking alongside her while she very meekly kind of just shuffles along and, mm. and skates along. And then by the time their second lap comes around, the pace is picking up a bit. Rocky yeah. started jogging, and she's had having to pick up her pace a bit to keep up, and she looks more relaxed, and just in that subtle change of speed. And she's also reciprocating in conversation. It's mm. not just Rock talking about himself. The whole first lap is him just Rick Moranising it. Yeah, um. and then by the time they get around to that second lap, and she's more confident on the skate, mm. she's more confident in the surroundings and what's happening... And in herself, so she starts opening up and asking questions and talking about her own... Mm. Like, there's that very important moment where he says, like, you know, my dad told me I I didn't have much of a brain, so I better do something with my body. And then she just chimes up and opens up and says, I was told the opposite. (laughs) Yes, exactly right. And um, what's so lovely, too, about their relationship is... Rocky is genuinely always commenting on just how lovely she looks all the time. Yeah. And just no, no matter what, he's just like, he'll just, he'll just tell her the little things and yeah. stuff. You're like, oh, it's just genuine. Yeah, he's such a nice guy. Yeah. Um, and it's like, you can, you can tell he genuinely cares and wants to bring, try and bring, he, he knows she doesn't have a great life. Um, mm. And he just wants to try and bring some sunshine into it. Like, even before we know that their relationship is going to be a thing, he, you, the first instance you see her is him coming randomly into the pet store to tell her a joke. Yes, that's And then right. the day ends with him going and telling her a joke. Like, that's yep. what he does every day. He yep. writes two jokes to tell her to try and make yep. her smile. And it <laughs> doesn't <laughs> seem to work. No, but, <laughs> but he's, he's like, God damn, you're a sweet, that, lovable that, lug. <laughs> yeah, that's that's his, like, high school, like, attempt at... Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's adorable. writing a love letter. And, um, yeah, it is. It's really nice. The effort is there. Mm. Um, had you... Did you recognise Talia Shire? No, no. Uh, I mean, she looks sort of familiar, but... Uh, Connie yeah. from The Godfather. Oh, yeah, okay. The, the sister. Yeah. Who married, and, you know, then is a big part in Godfather too. Yes, of course. And also randomly Jason Schwartzman's mother. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> and I, so Francis I, Ford Coppola's sister. Yeah. Yes, I do remember you telling me Schwart- Schwartzman had, um, yeah, famous well, famous mother at least. <laughs> yeah, well, fun. he's part of the Coppola clan. That's so, right, yeah. yes. <laughs> there you go. Hmm. But I, I couldn't help but kind of chuckle because I, it's, I do think, 
her performance in the as Adrian, I'm just like, that's a very Schwarzman-esque yes. performance. Yeah, it is. It's a little bit maxi. <laughs> yeah, a Rushmore. Little, a little bit. <laughs> Without, Without less the confidence. Le- yeah, minus the confidence and the smugness. Yeah. Um, but just the control over the character. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of control over the characters, can we move on to Paulie? <laughs> Paulie, definitely. We've got to talk about Paulie. Yeah, Paulie is an interesting well, he's one. He's an interesting character, isn't he? Um, there's there's so much there. You kind of dislike him, but also feel sorry for him at the same Incredibly time. Incredibly sorry, because you, mm. you realise, you know, he's an alcoholic, he doesn't have anything. He's got nothing going for him at all, really. He's got a job. He can't even control his emotions. No. Like he's, he's just, yeah... He's a, he's a really interesting character. I mean, Rocky just sort of sticks by him because they're mates. Um, it, that's it's testament to how good of a person Rocky is that he considers this guy who is, for all accounts, a pretty awful person to be yeah, his he, best friend. Like it's he goes through phases, but when he's had any form of alcohol, really, he's, he's quite dislikable, and he's yeah, he, he treats his sister a bit like property. Oh yeah, really. like one of the first major scenes you get with him. It's him throwing the turkey out the, out oh, the back yeah. alley and demanding that Adrian go on a date with Rocky. You want the bird? Go in the alley and eat the bird. Oh, hey, you're not right in the head. Yeah. And he's got his weird little fisherman's hat oh, yeah. thing. His little brimmed hat. <laughs> I don't know, it's funny, because when he's in later scenes and he's upgraded his hat, you're like, ooh, Paulie's on the rise. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> But it's an interesting one because you always he's become such a a famous kind of buddy character because mm. of all the subsequent films that you forget that like because I I haven't seen the other ones in a very long time but from what I can remember they ease up on the alcoholism mm. and the abusiveness and he's just that kind of like oh he's the surly like oh why I wanna <laughs> kind of guy and yeah. you're like, no, he like he had nuances. Did does he doesn't hit Adrian? Does he? No, never. He, 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 he gets yeah. violent around the house and lets out his frustration. Yeah, that, that's like it. a nice line that they drew in the sand. Yeah, yeah. Because like, yeah, at that point he's irredeemable. Yes, <laughs> so. and I think he knew that he was probably never going to. But um, but they sort of grated on each other. And yeah, I think they and they'd never done anything about it once once she moves out with Rocky. Then that just kind of seemed to mellow out a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a really funny one. Uh, Bert uh, Bert Young's performance of it is pretty astounding as well. Like he he commits wholeheartedly to mm. it. That it's like one of those rare performances where you're like, that's I just if I hadn't never saw Bert Young in anything else again, I'd just be like, oh no, that's just that guy. <laughs> yes, yeah, <laughs> like, like they just found some random dude who was perfect, found <laughs> drunk, and just filmed him candidly and put him in the film. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, he he, he plays it. I mean, it's not... I don't know. I can't say if I've met anyone quite like that, but, but that's probably why it works very well. He, mm. um, and he's very... Con- he's consi- like all of them, they're just so consistent with their characters through the film. Mm. Um, and those are the main ones, really. Like the- To a lesser extent, then you've got Mick. But oh, Mick, like, yeah. Mick, Mick um, He's just the kind of the semi-washed-up boxing trainer. Yeah. It was a thing of... he, they needed a boxing trainer. Yeah. And, like, halfway through, I think it was, it was during the apartment scene where he goes around to... Rockies mm. and he's kind of they're both having their emotional outbursts I was like oh, what is it that I remember Burgess Meredith from and then it just he had like one line reading that was kind of in a deeper cadence it's like weird kind of voice I'm like yep. that's it 
He's the penguin from Adam West Batman. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, yeah. I could see that. Oh, that's where I know you from again. How the hell do you know Adam West Batman so well? Oh, it's so good. <laughs> sure, uh, sure. <laughs> uh, it's, it's pretty good. He, he was a great penguin. He had, like, the monocle. <laughs> <laughs> that is spot on, penguin. Oh, man, what a pickup. Well done. <laughs> um... What else have we... I, like the music in the film, not just obviously the main theme. Yeah, that, that was actually something I made a note of as well. Mm. Um, Bill Conti's score is really important. Um, and it's one of those great kind of little nuanced things where as the film progresses, so does the score. Yes, because there's never a lot of music. No, but that famous theme... Is played throughout. But it originally starts with just a simple piano version. Yep. And then it moves on to adding some guitar. Like, it just, mm. it slowly progresses in adding instruments throughout so as... it becomes familiar. Yeah, yeah. Slowly building and building and building until we finally get to that... Epic mock training montage. Yeah! <laughs> yeah! Trying harder. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot the lyrics and they are amazing. <laughs> yeah, what, what are they? It's like... It's li- trying harder... Getting stronger, gonna fly now. <laughs> That's right. But it might as well just be training montage. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's just perfect. But it is, even though I knew that was coming, when when you get to that point in the film, like that, it's just edited and put together really well. Yeah, that, that yeah. final one—he's running down the street and. And, you don't, and he just him. starts picking up pace so yeah, quickly. Yeah, that's it—the build of pace along the um, the waterline, and mm. then the um. The, the crane camera work as he ascends the steps and it sort of wraps around behind him. Yeah, And it's, you're it's like, oh yeah, well done. Yeah. The, the last little bit where it's like him just kind of... Slow motioning. He's kind of footloosing on top of the steps. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a bit rough. <laughs> yeah, it looks like he's really letting out his emotions but in like a, you're not allowed to dance here kind of way. Yeah, well um, apparently a lot of um, the scenes of like him running through downtown Philadelphia mm. and stuff for those training montages were shot guerrilla style like they did just, not have permits and they just run and run and gun it, <laughs> <laughs> it look, yeah that, that would work really well and it, they did look pretty um i mean they weren't like super high quality you couldn't make out him clearly and sweating up mm. the storm running it was it was just him running through the streets <laughs> yeah apparently they just um they were driving and just saw a great location and john g uh Abelson was just like get out of the car it's fine <laughs> and then like he was hanging out of the car window apparently with the camera perfect i love those little like just, this looks good, let's do it now. Let's do it, let's do it, let's do it. <laughs> I liked how you said during the film that the dog that he trains with is his own dog. Yeah, yeah. Like Stallone's own dog. Yeah, I found out a weird bit of trivia for that where um, apparently like uh, he was so, Stallone was so kind of poor before making this film mm. that he actually had to sell his dog. Oh. And then like managed to sell the script for Rocky and then like a week later bought his dog back. Oh, good boy. Wow. <laughs> for like way more than he sold it for. So Stallone wrote the script. Yes, Wow. Yeah. I mean, I guess... Who'd have, who'd have thought? <laughs> I definitely would never have thought. Yeah, Sylvester Stallone writes a lot of his movies, actually. That's fascinating. Yeah, he, he's... Um, I'll quickly look up on IMDb how many he's credited for. It'll it'll be a lot... Like, it'll be more than... More listed than it actually is, because he'll get character by credits. But, oh, of course, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I just... He's an, I never would have thought that. Like, it just wouldn't have crossed my mind that Sylvester Stallone wrote movie scripts. Uh, he's got 31 writing credits on IMDb. There you go. So, yeah, um, what is it? Rocky, Fist, Paradise Alley, Rocky 2, Rocky 3, First Blood, Staying Alive, Rhinestone. Oh, God, Rhinestone. <laughs> movie with Dolly Parton. Yeah. <laughs> Cobra, Over the Top. Cliffhanger? He wrote Cliffhanger. Hell yeah. Wow, all right. Yeah. 
but yeah, no, he he, he writes a fair there amount. There you go. It's really interesting because he did. We see the sole writing credit for this. Yeah, because he wrote proper characters like a. He wrote a good movie. He wrote a good film. <laughs> so, um, I love that we're like amazed. It's like the chip drove a car. <laughs> I'm just in disbelief. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's like him at the circus. You're from, right. from what I believe, the backstory was he like was a very you know struggling actor and things, mm. and just could never kind of. He'd had a few kind of small roles in things like Lord, I think Lords of Flatbush and. Um, uh, I want to say he's in an early Woody Allen film as like a street tough, maybe, yeah, or like okay. a punk on a train or something. Yeah, and and then um, uh, the Roger Corman film Death Race Two Thousand, like he was in that. Sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, it, but he never really got <laughs> no. any big role. So what he did was he he wrote one for himself. Very clever. In fact, they obviously managed to get it done. Then there you go. Yeah, yeah and, and and actually get it done to like such a degree that it's like that's a really good movie. Yeah, like. <laughs> You can't fault much of it. It's directed well. The 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 length is perfect. The the characters are all good. I mean, Paulie's pre- pretty creepy. Yeah. Um. But generally, like, and the, like, even the like, the settings and things like that. The gym is really just like good old. Yeah. It, old, everything seventies gym and his his shitty apartment. Like, oh god, it's yeah. so bad. <laughs> You're just like, yeah, this guy is, doesn't have much money. <laughs> I, you you immediately knew where he sat in society. You mentioned it's like a perfect kind of length film. I, I agree with that. Mm. Like, there's nothing I think you could cut out. But that being said, it um, it, it, it it's a slow film. It is, yeah. Which, I looked at the clock a couple of times. I'm like, oh, we're only that far into it. Yeah, it, it's a very slow, evenly paced, just... It, it takes mm. its time to build and develop the characters. Yeah. It's not an action film. It is a no. character drama. There's this... I don't know, he punches some cow carcasses a couple of times and he yeah. goes for a couple of runs and that's about it apart it, from a fight at the start and the end yeah it's the thing of like you would you, I'd imagine going back into a video store if those still existed yep. you would stereotypically find Rocky in the action section where it's like no, no it's drama this is a yeah. straight drama yeah. I, m- maybe the sequels are action I guess mm. because there's more fighting and they're more cheesy ridiculous movies but this one is a straight character drama, and it's really good and overlooked, I think, because of what the franchise became. <laughs> yeah, you showed me a clip before, which was amazing. <laughs> I, uh, um, it, spoiler alert for Rocky IV, yeah, Holly gets a pet robot. <laughs> Sports car for my birthday. Not no walking trash can. <laughs> so Chris found this great little sixty-second clip on YouTube of a, of a scene from from Rocky Four, where it's Paulie's birthday, and this like hideous nineties rob eighties nineties robot just wheels in a birthday cake with his face smoking a cigar on the That's- top. That was that's that's Paulie's birthday present because he's he's a bit unwell and he needs someone to take care of him. So Rocky and Adrian bought him a robot, a robot friend, and he's not happy with it. <laughs> he wanted a car, and Rocky's like, I I'd love this as a kid. Yes. <laughs> like, he's not a kid. He's like a seven year old dying man. <laughs> and it's really what I got 
was it just really bizarre out of it besides the fact that he got a pet robot um was it Stallone's character in that little 60 second clip I saw was cliched Sylvester Stallone yes uh, expendable Sylvester Stallone it was it, Sylvester it, Stallone it, it wasn't Rocky Balboa yes it was Sylvester Stallone playing himself or my my yeah. version of yeah which I think is the issue like I was saying like with the with these with Rocky this original film is it's being devalued because yeah. of what a caricature and a joke they yeah. became and it, I, I think I mean it, I still kind of want to see some of them yeah, oh, don't get me wrong, we will. You, you're going to find out what happens to that robot. <laughs> oh, dear. I hope Mr. T punches its head off. Oh, God. Um, but, but, like, that all being said, up until, I think, Creed, I, I Creed is really good. I have heard great things about Creed. And I mean, he obviously won an Oscar for it. So No, he didn't. He didn't. my best supporting. No, he lost to um, Mark Rylance of Bridge of Spies. Oh, that's right. He got the Golden Globe. He for got the Golden Globe and yeah. forgot to thank the writer-director. He thanked his agent twice, but not... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But he's old, I guess. Yeah, let's give him that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, that, it, it, Creed is a, a, a very good film, and it's the first time since this first film that you watch it, and you're like, that is Rocky. Like, that is the character back, which is why yeah. he got an Oscar nomination and things yeah, for it. Deservedly okay. so. Awesome. Okay, well, that makes me really want to see Creed now. Yeah, I, I, I really recommend it. Actually, sweet. Yeah, right, maybe I'll watch that one and then go back and yeah, fill the gaps. <laughs> I, in I'd between. say so. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, I guess it's unless you had any other kind of points on you know themes or characters or anything. I think we've covered it pretty well. It's um. Mm. Yeah, I um. Yeah, I think we're heading to the the ultimate. So, how about for you for having watched it for the tenth time? It obviously sounds like it holds up. Like, yeah, it had a bit of a revelation, obviously, last year or so. When you yeah, realized, yeah it, actually... it was one where I think I'm gonna say it was about two, two, three years ago, whenever it was mm-hmm. that Creed came out. Um, it was like six months before that. Yep. Um, I went back and rewatched it, and it just kind of had forgotten that this original is, like, dare I say, holds up with the the greats of the American '70s cinema. Like, it, it's it's yeah. really solid. It's a more mainstream version of that. Yeah, it's quite accessible, but it's yeah, it's an accessible version of those kind of seventies character pieces mm. you used to see. But it is really well done. Yeah, yeah, and not what you expect when you put in Rocky. No, exactly right. So yes, and like today watching it, I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, it was not what I expected at all. Um, mm. I yeah, really enjoyed it. I was like, wow, now I know that Sylvester Stallone can act. He just chooses not to. He chooses not to <laughs> overact, and fair enough. Yeah, um, but. If he wants to, he's he's got it, and um, now I'm intrigued by that Oscar, uh, that Golden Globe winning performance. Mm. Um, now the, the the million dollar question: What would young Eric have thought of this? I think he would have been puzzled. <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. Right? It's like, where's all the fighting? Yeah, well, um, this is boring. Yeah, where's I the tiger and where's all the fighting? Yeah. Um, uh, why I, why is that drunk man yelling? Yeah. <laughs> Who is this crazy old sailor? Yeah. Why is the sailor man getting angry? Um, I, I think it probably would have depended on what age I watched that. I think if I watched it really young, I wouldn't have found it very interesting. But I think I actually would have appreciated it mm. um, because the characters are just written strongly and it is very accessible. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't have been what I would have expected from it, I don't think. Um, but I think I still would have afterwards emerged from it going, actually, I quite liked that film. I think that might be because... Of- of the character of Rocky. Yeah, I think it's it's actually... And it's delivered at a level where a kid can connect, like someone younger, like me, whether it was, you know, 
early high school or, or younger than that, I would have definitely in high school would have easily connected with it. Mm-hmm. Um, younger than that, probably. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I would have liked it, but not for the reasons I would have thought <laughs> I would have liked it. So yeah, yeah no, um, holds up surprisingly well and definitely yeah, I agree with you. It's definitely not what I expected at all. It was, it, yeah, yeah. It, it's one I, I will highly recommend to listeners. Um, if you haven't seen it in a while, or like if you've never seen it as well, like go, go give it a give it a chance, give it a watch. It, it's not what you'll yeah. expect it well, to be. It did take me a little bit of time to get past Stallone's drawl. I didn't know what he was talking about half for the first little yeah. bit. Once you get used to his accent and his inability to clearly pronounce words, um, <laughs> once you figure out his way of speaking, it's all good. Yeah, and his character is just so so lovely and easy. Um, yeah, then then it's okay. Nice. Um, as we've done in the previous couple of episodes, I got a little bit of kind of info about this one. If you if you're intrigued, oh, yeah, I'd love to hear it. Um, so the film is currently ranked uh, at the time of the recording this uh, number two hundred and nineteen on the IMDb top two hundred and fifty list. Really? Okay, yeah. I guess, so it's, yeah. it's actually still holding in there. Now I understand why. Yeah. Uh, it was nominated for ten Academy Awards in nineteen seventy seven. Fantastic. Winning three, including best editing. Yep. Best director for John G. Avildsen. Uh, yep. Okay. Uh, who we're actually going to end up watching a few of his other films. Yeah. What else? You haven't seen the Karate Kid, have you? I have not. That's on the list. Uh-huh. There we go. <laughs> he also went on to do that. And also the film won Best Picture. Well, there we go. That sums it up, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I was looking up um, during the film uh, what it actually beat. Um, oh, that yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah. So what was it, 76? Is that right? Uh, it, at the, it, the film came out in 76, but yep. it won the 77 of course, Academy yeah. Award. Which is, like, you know, for films yep. in the previous year. So, uh, in winning Best Picture, this beat out All the President's Men, <laughs> yeah, okay. Bound for Glory, Network, and Taxi Driver. Wow. What a year. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, that's like some tough, tough competition. Like. And Rocky won. <laughs> and, yeah. Wow, okay. It's, it's a thing of like... There you go, yeah, it's just been diluted with time. Yeah, I'm looking at it at those nominees. I'm like, Taxi Driver is my favorite of those films, but no, that's too dark and too yeah, it, subversive and too. Uh, yeah, it's, too. That won the Palm Door that year. That, yes, that's exactly. what that wins. Yeah, well, well put. Yeah, because I have seen that one, and that is a that's a good film. But yes, it's, it's yeah. different. Net, network maybe. Sh- I, maybe yeah, I don't sure, know network. But, yeah, but yeah, I, I. How interesting. Yeah, you kind of forget. Oh yeah, that won Best Picture. <laughs> Uh, so the other nominees I mean I think every single one of the cast so uh, Stallone Talia Shire Burt Young and Burgess Meredith playing Mick they all were nominated for Oscars for their acting Burgess Meredith got nominated the best supporting actor he was in it it less than Anthony Hopkins in Silence of the Lambs I know (laughs) (laughs) alright yeah but um, Stallone became the third person to be nominated for both acting and writing in the same year the other two were Charlie Chaplin for The Great Dictator and Orson Welles for Citizen Kane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Welles actually won his, yeah. uh, that year for Best Screenplay, not Acting. But yes, yep. uh, still to this date, there have only ever been two, uh, those three, wow. who have written a script and acted in it and been nominated for both. Sylvester Stallone. And Charlie Chaplin and Orson Welles. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, I don't know what to think anymore. Yeah. Uh, the film won the Golden Globe for Best uh, best Drama, was nominated for five BAF- BAFTAs, and the soundtrack was nominated for a Grammy, and it was included in the National Film Registry in 2006. Yeah, fair enough. It sounds like it definitely deserves it. Yeah. Uh, it was also the first sports film to win Best Picture. Although I don't really... Is that a genre? Yes. Yeah, and I don't even know if I'd call it a sports film. No, right? I mean, I know why you would, but... Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a drama. So Stallone, like, I'd mentioned earlier how he was, like, a starving broke actor, mm. like, um, and had to sell his dog and things. Uh, Stallone was offered $350,000 for the screenplay, but he refused to sell the rights unless he could star, uh, despite only having $106 in his bank account at the time. Wow, that is holding out. Yeah. That's poker-facing it good and proper. Uh, the, con- the producers agreed on the condition he continued to work for a r- as a writer for free and, w- and act for scale. Because okay. he was an unknown. Yeah, and then, well, um, you might have some financial... Yeah, I'll, okay. <laughs> uh, United Artists, um, when the producers then, you know, had the script and they took it to United Artists and MGM saying, hey, we've got this, we- this yep. amazing script... You know, I was like, great, uh, can we cast either Robert Redford, Ryan O'Neill, Burt Reynolds, or James Caan? <laughs> Imagine Burt Reynolds up there punching faces. <laughs> oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah. Uh, when they found out Stallone, um, you know, we want him, those guys to play Rocky. When they found out Stallone had to star, they they cut the proposed budget in half. <laughs> yeah, I can understand uh, why they do that. So Rocky was made for $1 million dollars. From the studio. Wow. And with the producers having to cover any cost that incurred after that, it went over budget by $100,000, which is when the, uh, which was supplied by the, both the two sole producers mortgaging both their houses. Whoa. Yeah, Whoa. right? In like, it go early Whoa, 70s yeah, cinema. they really, really went for that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it worked because those guys won I was, Oscars. I was going to say, they knew they had a winner yeah. and they had, obviously had a good director behind it and... Um, <laughs> Before I get into the figures, the the only other one thing it was kind of similar to those other alternates. Mm. The studio wanted to play Rocky. Stallone had an original choice he wanted to, for the person to play Paulie. Yep, Harvey Keitel. Oh, yeah, that <laughs> would have been a way scarier Paulie. Yeah, would have been a terrifying one, yeah. <laughs> less creepy and just terrifying. Mm. Um, so we'd mentioned that the film was made for one point one million dollars uh, at the U.S. box office. It made a hundred and seventeen point two million. <laughs> Worldwide, two hundred and twenty-five million. Uh, wow. Adjusted for inflation, that is four hundred and ninety-one point five million dollars, making it the eightieth-highest-grossing film of all time. Oh. It was the highest-grossing film for nineteen seventy-six, and weirdly, only the third-highest-grossing out of all the Rocky movies. <laughs> Rocky 4 and Rocky 3 beat it. Yeah, I mean, I guess when you... Never underestimate the draw power of a robot friend. No, they're, they're pretty pretty attractive things. I mean, Terminator 2. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, uh, but yeah, that was all I kind of had for... That's some, no, that's some really good stuff, thank you. Mm. Um, it well, it shed some light on it where you think, like, this is... It, Despite being distributed by, mm. you know, and then putting up the, like, minuscule budget, really, uh, it's pretty much an independent film. Yeah, basically is. Like, the, the way it's shot, the way it looks. Yeah. And, you know, the fact that Stallone used his own dog. Yes, <laughs> like, and there weren't many locations, I guess, when you think about it. There was his apartment, there was Paulie's house, and they only used one room, two oh, rooms. And there was some weird stuff as well. Like, um, we, we were notice we c- were commenting on the weird scene where Rocky goes to the boxing ring before the fight, and is kind of looking at the giant painting... Yes. Of himself, and then for no, no apparent reason, the promoter is also there smoking a cigar. Yeah. Um, 
that scene, the reason that guy is there is because Rocky points out, hey, they got that thing's wrong. They got my shorts different. I'm wearing white shorts with a red stripe. That was because there was an actual continuity error and it was too expensive to redo it. Wow. So they added that scene with that little bit of dialogue. And that scene is awesome. Yeah. Because it's like, it doesn't matter, mate. No one's here for you. Yeah. Like, that's like, oh. It adds such depth and that's it was like, like an unnecessary... It's just a mistake. Like, well, that mistake paid off beautifully. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really, really good, actually. Yeah. I like Rocky. <laughs> yeah, I do too it's now. Thank you. Mm. Well... I guess it's time to pluck a pluck another. I've got um got them ready to go here. Pluck another film from the hat that we can uh, do next time. Um, so we'll have a little bit of a shuffle around in the top hat. Let's see what we're going to be watching for next episode. Yeah, this will be intriguing. Uh, so next week we will be watching. Oh, you're going to be happy, Chris. It's the Muppet movie. Yeah! <laughs> oh, I'm so happy. I love that movie so much. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm looking so forward happy. to this one because I know the Muppets were like your childhood. Yep. And um, the little bits I have actually seen more recently, uh, I, it, it's hilarious actually. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm really looking forward to getting to know more of the characters and. And this will be this is this will be the first real kids movie. Yes. That we've done like Roger Rabbit is. Like we said, it's not really a kids film. No, so, no. Yeah. So this is like kind of getting into like. Crossing all the spectrums of watching yep. a... This is a childhood film, like, really. Yeah. Meant for when you're a child. Yes, exactly <laughs> right. Intended for children. So it'll be interesting to see how you dig it as a 31-year-old man. <laughs> I, reckon, I reckon I'll dig it. That'll be good. Yeah. Alrighty. All right. um, well, I guess that'll probably wrap us up for this episode looking at Rocky. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you very much for listening. Um, I think Chris will give a little plug to... Oh, yeah, um, if if you feel so inclined, uh, you can feel free to listen to uh, the other podcasts that I do, and Eric is a uh, sometimes guest on. Mm-hmm. I think um, either the week before or the week after this episode will have dropped, um, you just joined us for a, looking at Andrew T- Andre Tarkovsky's Solaris, actually. Yes, that was very different to this one. Yeah, so, so uh, um... that, that podcast is uh, called The Criterion Quest. Uh, you can find it on iTunes or, you know, all the standard kind of podcast apps, and it's where myself and uh, another co-host, Tom, we go through all the films in the Criterion Collection one at a time. Um, yeah, if you want to have a listen to that, that'd be cool. Otherwise, uh, just thanks for listening to this one. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. Um, uh, I'm Eric. I'm Chris. And uh, we'll see you next week. Please rewind this cassette before returning it to your video library.